Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. And I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez, speaking to you all the way from Costa Rica. On this show, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world who are living abroad. Emphasis on black and brown people abroad. Before I introduce you to my first guest, who will be speaking to us all the way from Germany, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I've been teaching music for the past seven years, and I moved to Costa Rica to work at an international school. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to In Living Color, Abroad. First guest on A Living Color Abroad is Zikuma. She's speaking to us all the way from Berlin, Germany, where it is now 8.28 p.m. And this is probably going to be the hardest part about the show is getting people to speak live and getting nice, awesome, interactive conversations. So please, hello, Ikuma. Welcome to A Living Color Abroad. Hi, Angel. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. So Ikuma, so let's just start off with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, this is always the awkward part for me, but <laughs> I come from Fresno, California. I'm Congolese American. Um, moved around a lot when I was young, so grew up in Congo and um, the Democratic Republic of Congo, I should say, mm. and then moved to Fresno in high school. So I've been there for 19 years now. Wow. So I consider myself a Fresno. Um, is that what I, they call them, Fresnans? Well, I I hope so, because that's what I'm saying. Um, Got it, okay. <laughs> I speak three languages, so French, English, and Swedish. Um, understand Spanish, trying to start speaking it. Um, and, yeah, the middle child of three girls, and this is my first job abroad. Awesome. Now we're going to get to that. So let me tell our listeners well how we met. So Ikuma and I met at an international job fair in San Francisco. And we basically befriended each other and a whole, a whole bunch of groups, people that we met, that hopefully I get them on the show. They're all black women. There was one black guy, right? Brian, right? Maybe one more that I'm yeah. forgetting. But yeah, we met in San Francisco and we kept in touch throughout this entire time. And now she's in Germany and that's pretty awesome. So just give you guys some context on how we know each other. So Ikuma, why did you just mention Germany? Why did you decide on Germany? How did that come to be? Um, well, I knew that I wanted my first job to be somewhere in a continent where I'd been before. Um, just because I've been in the States for a while now, I knew that the culture shock and homesickness would uh, really hit me harder than if I had just left after five years. That's real. Um, and my sister is also studying in France, so... I knew somebody was going to be close by, and I also have family there. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit of family, um, making sure that I had a community there not too far away. And, um, yeah, just to wet my feet in before I really took a dive um, and started somewhere completely new. Gotcha, gotcha. And now that you've been in Germany, how long have you been in Germany, by the way? Two weeks now. Wow. Almost three. That's yeah. pretty awesome. You, I think you're about to be the first one out of our group that's been there the longest, right? 
Yes. Yeah, I think you arrived still. first. Yeah, mm-hmm. out of all of us. So now being that you've been there almost three weeks, how hard has it been to adjust? And also, can you speak a little bit about your experience of like seeing other people of color, other black and brown people in Germany? <laughs> sure. Um, I think um, it's been a little rougher than I thought it would be. I uh, don't speak any German, so um, that was hard. Really? Out of all the languages you speak, you don't speak any German? No, I'm just kidding. No German, <laughs> right. So I felt like I, I was in a bubble, you know, where yeah. everyone's talking around you, and you can't even fake laugh at things because you truly don't understand what's going on. Um, I live kind of in the suburbs, so uh, seeing people my age, too, um, mm. No. was kind of difficult and same here um, as you mentioned mostly I would say probably 96% white in my neighborhood um, and so to see anybody um, of color I mean there's there's pockets here and there but really you have to go in the city um, there's different districts or boroughs as they're called here in Berlin. And just remind, oh yeah, Berlin, sorry, I was going to mention that, you're in yeah, Berlin. Yeah, where people, um, people know, okay, yeah, that's mostly a black neighborhood or that's mostly an Arabic neighborhood or Asians mm. live there. So, um, yeah, so that's, I didn't think that would be such a shock for me because I've been at schools where I've been the only, almost the only black person there jobs were the same thing so i thought it wouldn't really hit me hard but mm. that sort of did to walk out and not see another brown person around me or hear spanish or um see other black people that that started wearing on me um to the point that i i believe it was yesterday i went to an event uh brunch called with soul sisters it's a group um, of nice name. black women. Yeah, so mostly from the States, but some from Brazil. Others some from, from where, sorry, from where? From Brazil. Oh, Brazil, okay, got it. Yeah, so there was a girl from Brazil, a girl from Ghana, um, a lot from the States, and just to meet out, eat, eat together, talk about our experiences in Germany. Um, and a lot of them are doing work in the IT industry, um, some are artists, some are professors um, that speak really good German. And, and sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but how do you find this group again, this event? How do you find this so, event? Yeah, sure. Um, this group was on Facebook. So um, a person recommended I join that group. So mm. I joined it. And it was funny because yesterday we were um, sharing um, where to get our hair done. Um, and then like awkward stories of uh how germans react to people brown and black so Mm, interesting i was just sharing with them um that for me it was a shock that people stare openly at Mm. you um and even when you stare back um (laughs) they just just keep staring staring. yeah oh my god oh shit (laughs) oh my goodness i thought it would be embarrassed like okay now we're both looking at each other no embarrassment. So that's where I wish I knew. I spoke the language because then I'd be like, wow. Have questions. Well, you like, got to learn how to say uh, F you in German. So they <laughs> or F off <laughs> in German. <laughs> yeah. But then when they start cussing you out back, like, and you don't. Oh, know that, 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 that's a losing that. battle. And German sounds really aggressive anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You might have to run away after that exchange. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and um, I think just getting used to, since I, I grew up in a multicultural family, kind of being alone now and not having people pop by or you popping over to their house and yeah. now having my space to myself. I used to say I really wanted that. And now that I have it, I'm like, Oh, I'm alone right now. <laughs> that's real. And just so, like interject yeah. real quick, like that's uh, honestly, that's probably been the hardest part for myself as well is now like, like Ikuma, Ikuma's been living with a roommate for how many years now, Ikuma? That you 10 were? 10 years. 10 years, exactly. I've been living with a roommate only two years and then before that I was living at home. And that's definitely the hardest adjustment is I get home, I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. my own thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But now yeah. go ahead. Uh, so I've been trying to find like ethnic restaurants to kind of feel like I'm at home. Um, but Mexican food is like oh, tragic over here. So <laughs> I haven't found that yet. But found like a Vietnamese place, trying to find Korean places. So um, so at least that isn't too bad. You're way more cultured than I am because I've just been looking for like, obviously here in Costa Rica is like Latin food and there's things here like plantains that I can eat and obviously rice and beans. Oh, but I've been so just good. looking for like also American stuff like, and we got a pack of Oreos. Like I don't buy any orange juice. I'll get to that later how everything is so expensive <laughs> over here. Way more expensive. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, living alone obviously is probably the biggest adjustment I found with this move besides just everything yeah. else. All right, now let's get mm-hmm. to the nitty gritty now. So, because I I have my, I think I've told you before about like micro microaggressions that I've experienced so far in the mm-hmm. week and a half that I've been here. So, yeah. have you experienced any microaggressions? And if so, tell us one story to our listeners about one uh, one incident, if you could. <laughs> um, I think not so much directed towards me, except for like the staring. But um, yeah, that's pretty. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, more comments in general that people are not aware. Um, well, tell, like, tell our listeners like, a story that you mentioned to me, though, about the uh, your coworker because that's pretty, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty interesting story, to say the least. Yeah, so I actually have two. So the oh. first one was, yeah, the first one was a, a teacher mentioning, um, like, I wanted to borrow something, and so she was like, yeah, um, but I might take it back, but I don't want to be an Indian giver. Oof, and I was like, Jesus uh, what? Christ. So I, so she was like, oh, can I not say that? And I was like, yeah, it's kind of racist. And She and was I German? To, yeah, so right. I had to battle myself because I was like, do I say something? And typically I don't because I'm mm. like, oh, I don't want to, you know, make them uncomfortable. But then I was thinking, okay. got to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> Right, and they also say that German culture, you're, you have to be very assertive and very direct. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll be very direct because she's very nice and very open to like, oh, okay, you don't say that, I won't say it. So yeah, so we had a discussion about why that was problematic to say. And so she just explained that in Germany, they use that phrase a lot. And so I had to explain to her, yep, this is the historical background. And so that's why you don't use it. And so I could tell she was um, she was uncomfortable, but mm. also sorry that she had said that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so with her, I'm not too worried about her um, learning from her mistakes and being open. Um, but yeah, there was another is- instance where we we're in a meeting and 
Um, they were sharing about students uh, that we should know about, um, just be prepared for, for the next grade. And so one teacher shared that um, a parent uh, had said that they were racist. And so I was like, okay, well, like, give us more information about that. And so she was like, yeah, you know, um, just because he's like the only black person here. Um, but you know, he really gets in trouble a lot because he decides to do stuff with his gang. And I was like, mm, trigger word, Jesus Christ. Gang. Right? Are you kidding me like, right now? Why, wow. why does that have to be a gang? Wow. He's in fourth grade going to fifth grade. How about his group a of friends? A damn kid. He's in a gang. Or wow. his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Like gang. So yeah, yeah. just words like that. And, um, and I think I made a face because, you know, I, my face does everything. <laughs> I want to see that face, by the so, way. I think we need to see what that face looks like. <laughs> so she, you know, she just wanted to point out that, you know, she's taught in Baltimore, which I find a lot of uh, white educators like to share when they know they said something problematic. It's like saying, it's like the equivalent of probably saying I have a black best friend, right? Like, yes. <laughs> but then they tell you, you know, I worked in the inner city. Yeah, you know, yeah. With the roughest kids. Urban area. Urban school. Like, yeah. And you're just like, well, okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. great. But you can still have biases there. Of course. Um, of course. And so I think, uh, I just, I was hoping I would have an easy year, right? Um, yeah. But I know it's going to be a lot of talk about um, biases and, um, Language that, um, not not PC because I think that term is so stupid, but more <laughs> language that you shouldn't use if you are aware that it's a um, what is that word where you think that it's a negative thing, um, mm. that it's a a not a defect but it's a. I can't think of it right now. Yeah, but anyway, so, and I think it, it really happens with lots of teachers who have taught years before. So, like, they've taught for 15 years or mm-hmm. 20 years and um, finally get to teach in a, a school where there's just majority white kids and they're just like, yeah, it's so much easier, so much better. The families are so much more involved. And you're just like, yeah, okay, different circumstances, A, different country, and also just because you moved and you've taught for 15 years, like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be brushing up on what's the latest exactly. in education, you know, what can I do, because I think also um, there's an idea here that's kind of floating around that um, trauma is only something for, like, refugees, because they have lots of refugees here. Mm. They and do from from, from where kids? exactly from where exactly um from Syria from okay. um from Turkey not refugees but immigrants from Turkey got it okay um and some um some other Arabic country so not so, A- Syria, so it's but Arab Arab Arab, Arab country Arab speaking country yeah <laughs> Arabic so, speaking now you mess up both <laughs> yes Arabic speaking country and so I think there's an idea that they they think a lot of them come with so much trauma and that trauma only comes with these kids. But then when you hear them describe some of the home life of their other students, you're like, that's a form of trauma. Yeah. Just 
because a kid is is ADD or shows anxiety, that doesn't mean that there's no underlying factors that mm -hmm. this is why it's happening. And so I, yeah, so there's a lot going on that I, I think I haven't fully unpacked because then it will stress me out even more. <laughs> Word. That, I was about to ask you based on that, like, do you feel like you're going to have to be like, play the role of teacher, not only for German kids here in the classroom, but also like for your colleagues and anybody else you encounter, like, you got to be kind of like, you know, like, like the police in the sense of like, hey, you can't say this shit. Like, you can't do that. Like, do you, do you feel like it's going to weigh on you a lot? Or are you just going to let it go? Like, how do you? Well, no, I think it's definitely when I got interviewed with this school, the the principals were very upfront okay. with the need to have the cultural relevant teaching and okay, talking good. about being third culture kids. What does that do with students that feel like they're having to straddle these two cultures? And so they're not the culture of their parents at the mm -hmm. same time. They're not fully German. What does that mean? Um, and then at the same time, living in a very historical city where there's a tension still between East and West and the rise of, of neo-Nazis here. Mm. Well, not really rise because they're always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, what does that mean, right? When we're saying we're cross-cultural and do you really want to have tolerance or do you want to mm. have, and what does it mean to be integrated? So all this conversation yeah. that is floating around. And so just coming in for those two weeks, I'm like, so you guys are just going to talk about it, but you haven't had any like professional development, right? Like no who are like, about yeah, this. yeah, yeah. So it feels like we're going backwards in time a little bit. Mm. And I think that's, sort of the nature of international schools, right? Yeah. That you feel like they're light years behind where <laughs> you just came from. Yeah. Um, so the equipment may be newer and shinier, but the pedagogy feels yeah. very dated. Yeah. Um, it's so true. I feel, I I feel very similarly is. in my school. It's so crazy you mentioned that. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel very mm -hmm. similar in that sense, but yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. No. So it's, it's been interesting. I think um, the challenge will be to not shy away from uncomfortable situations mm -hmm. or conversations and see it as a teachable moment instead of feeling like I need to apologize yeah. for telling somebody that they need to change the way they perceive their students. Got it. Um, yeah. Um, I was gonna ask. I was gonna add my little um, my little story there. I think I told okay. you the story where I said I was walking towards with my colleagues who were predominantly white. There was two white colleagues, and I said, "Oh, they were responding to a text message," and I said, "Oh, yeah. what they said," and then they both started laughing and they're like, "Oh, what they said was Adrian needs to learn proper English." Ha 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 ha. And you know, and then the oh. other one kind of like egged on a little bit, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I see where this is going," and then like. Oh. I thought about something to say, and then mm -hmm. what I thought of saying, I felt it was going to be, like, way over the top of what, in response to, like, her microaggression, you know what I mean? And I just, yeah. like, kept it to myself. And honestly, I wish I remembered what I said because I told my other colleague. And she's like, wow, that would have been a lot. So uh, I'm glad I kind of, like, not glad that I held it back, but I had yeah. more poison to just, like, go ham right in that moment, right? But that's, like, one example of a microaggression because, you know, 
I say what they said. Like, you know, that's my vernacular growing up, you know, in New York and in Brooklyn. I'm not always going to see. So what did they tell you? What did they say? Like, I'm not going to do that all the time. But I need to be aware as well of, you know, who I'm around, right? Like, it's not, I'm not around people of color besides, obviously, the locals, Costa Ricans. My colleagues are mostly white or British, you know, American, British, whatever, um, North American. And, uh, yeah, so it's definitely, in, that's an interesting dynamic, um, being that, you know, being a person of color in a country where everyone's of color, right? Then the Costa Ricans uh-huh. and Latin, Latino, Latino, Latinas, but your colleagues are not. So it's got, and your principals yeah. are not, and no, and no one in a high position is. So it's a very interesting dynamic that I think, um, we can talk about more, like, you know, as the year, as the school year goes on. All right. Uh-huh. Now to more positive things. <laughs> um, so now, like, what piece of advice would you give to, like, anyone that's listening right now that's black or brown that wants to either visit Germany? I, I know you've been there two and a half weeks, so there's a lot for you to, like, learn and look, you know, see. But just in your initial, like, being there, what's, like, one piece of advice you would give to anyone of color that wants to visit or live in Germany in particular? Um, I think definitely joining Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can do that as in, like, finding interest groups, um, but also just being open to learn about the German culture. I think um, in this world where there's people are feeling threatened with their with the main culture not looking like how their parents had it or so, I think um, just showing that you're interested. So Mm. even like a little thing of even, so I do this a lot where I'm like, you know, I I just speak English, but how do you say this in German? So Mm -hmm. they appreciate the effort that you're, you're showing that you want to learn the language. You're not just walking up in there and being like, speak the language that I want you to speak, but I'm aware that this is your language and this is your country. So show me or tell me how to say something. Um, definitely come with cash. <laughs> they don't use apps like we do in the States. Really? So Interesting. I had to put away my Apple Pay and my idea of here's my card. Um, so they really prefer cash here and the whole data aspect, you know, so you know how we use Google at home a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, some people do. Um, they're very weary about, um, data trail. So really interesting. um, Yeah. So don't expect people to be like, yeah, definitely share my picture, my information online. But I mean, people use Facebook here. They exchange phone numbers. WhatsApp is really used a lot over here. Uh, prepaid phones. So come with your phone unlocked, uh, get a SIM card and that's really the best way to go. So don't do contracts like how we do in the States. Um, because people work here in Berlin is crazy. Um, there's all this, paperwork and all this system so prepaid works the best here um i would say to visit here if you know somebody that has a place that will save you a lot of money well there you go Um, that's why i'm visiting you when i go to germany (laughs) (laughs) right because you can find yourself spending a lot of money here if you're not smart with where you're going Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to live here, try to find a, a furnished apartment, um, because here you can get an unfurnished and that can mean all the way to like, you don't have a kitchen. So it's like, Jesus. Bare bones. oh my God, 
just it was like brian's place um, right brian like they didn't have like a stove or nothing when he was in abu yeah, dhabi right yep. yeah yeah because yeah. here they move with their kitchen so let's say you wow. have, like an ikea level kitchen you can move with that to your next place They're like i'm taking this so, one sorry <laughs> exactly that's insane and then <laughs> they do like uh so if you don't have that set up um you have to open your own um electric um company you have to set that up on your own you have to set up your own wi-fi and then it just takes time Got it. so if you want to move here i would say to try to find a, a furnished apartment that has everything included i mean it means you're not paying the cheapest price but at least the heavy paperwork all in german is taken off your hand so Got it. um yeah so far i like it here yeah i was just gonna ask um, you that was my next question so what do you like about germany <laughs> okay um <laughs> I I do like the frankness, um, mm. and so I like. Give me an example have, of someone being like very frank with you. Okay, um, so let's see. Um, okay, so for example, here because it's still summertime for most of the people, um, so a lot of people are going to cafes, going out. Wait, do you want to tell the story about the, the, how frank that woman, woman was with you yesterday that you told me? Do you want to share that? Over <laughs> okay. Was she, no, wait, was she German? If she's not German, then it's not no, relevant. she was not. So okay, I so it's not, not relevant. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, no, but, um, you know, people, like, if they're interested to get to know you more, um, they'll be like, hey, you know, do you want to hang out? We can exchange phone numbers. Um, you probably don't have many friends here, and they will actually call you up <laughs> if they're not interested. Wait, they would tell you that you don't have many friends here. They would like tell you that. No, they're like, oh. hey, I know you just moved here. Right? Okay, got it, got it, got it. Talk, and you, they find out, hey, you just recently moved here. Yeah, hey, I know you're very lonely, <laughs> so uh, might as well hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even if they they want to get to know you, they'll be like, hey, we're hanging out. Um, I'd like to have you meet my friends and they'll give you your phone number. Well, you know, I know in the States we say things like, yeah, it'd be fun to hang out. And never do it. <laughs> and never do it. Right. While here it's like, give me your phone number right now. So they're, they're like so follow like, through with things more, I guess. Yes, okay, yeah. It. Which can be awkward if you yeah. don't want to exchange. <laughs> you're like forced uh -huh. to basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do... I do like um, that if they don't want to do something, they'll tell you, like, yeah, I don't have time to do that. Um, or that's not how we do things. So it's a, a lot of that for those two weeks oh, wow. when I was at work during orientation. And I'm being very American in the sense of, like, you know, we should do this. This will be efficient, blah, blah, blah. And they just look at you and they're like, so that's going to stress you out. So don't do that. And, um, yeah, just enjoy your time. And you're just like, but wait, just plan for one day? And they're like, yeah, just plan for one day. You're talking about, about like teaching. Yeah. So yeah, teaching gotcha, where I'm gotcha. like, let's plan for the year. They're kind yeah. of like, how about just experience your first day and take it a day at a time. Yeah. See who your kids are. If for the first week you want to go to the park with them, go to a cafe, go eat ice cream, go wow. ahead. And you're just like wait what so <laughs> you know and and um just the chill attitude in that sense of like just enjoy the moment instead of thinking five steps ahead 
and thinking of your what ifs is um, it's refreshing. It's it. really going to be mind shift, I think. And that's the way they approach things there. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. Um, all right, so uh, now that you mentioned work, how do you feel about like work in general? Like, have you have you started teaching yet, or no, or has just been? No, I have not. We start tomorrow. Oh, same here. We got, we should have a part two of this of our first day teaching in international school. No, so yeah, it's so funny you mentioned like the whole like working like more. I guess more lax. I guess I don't know if lax is the right term or more laid back. But I feel the same way, like, here in Costa Rica. Like, of course, you know, everyone says, Buddha Vida, whatever. You know, but it is actually, like, a more, like, laid-back approach. Like, honestly, we've gone over so many things, but so many things are not really most relevant. Like, we haven't practiced even teaching. Like, in my old school, you had to practice, like, what your first day would look like. We oh. have done none of that. <laughs> it's more like... Like, together? Yeah, like, that would be a thing. That Yeah, people would be watching. Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds crazy, right? But, like, that would be a thing. I guess I don't know if that's uh, my, the charter school I was at or just charter school in general. But that was that was a thing. Like, you would practice live what your first day would look like. No one has asked me for my lesson plans. No one has asked me for anything of what I'm doing in the first week. I guess they, they really, I mean, I'm assuming here, they really trust their teachers. And they're like, mm-hmm. all right, whatever you're going to do, I trust that you're going to do it well. You know? Mm-hmm. So, it seems to be a lot of, like, hands-off kind of approach to, like, all right, let's go over like our systems and whatever. But what's in the what happened in the classroom? It's on you, you know. Like yeah, it's very, very much the idea that you are the professional. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna treat you as a professional. And I right? like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. I wonder, coming from like my experience, where it was very a lot of micromanagement, and here it seems like it's very little or in any management. <laughs> I wonder, like, how I'm gonna adjust to that, right? Like, am I just gonna? Fuck around. I don't think I'm gonna fuck around, but you know, I just wonder like how the mind operates in that kind of sense where you have like a direct supervisor always checking up on you versus like, all right, you know, the principal might stop by once a semester and like that's that. So I'm curious to see how um how that plays out. Uh, what I was yeah. gonna say, but uh, but yeah, I think it's up. We just hit that 30 minute mark, which is like literally what I wanted to do for my first podcast, like have a nice 30 30 minute conversation. But um, anything else that you want to add? And that you haven't mentioned that you think would be relevant to like the listeners, our potential listeners. Um, <laughs> I think having a positive um, perspective on things is very important. And I think what has helped us is having our WhatsApp group. So like when yes, we want to vent, for sure. we can vent. But then you have like a whole crew of people that are like, okay, so now that you've vented, like, what's something good that's happened? Because I think yeah, you can easily yeah. stay with the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but realizing that this is our home for two years or one year in yeah. your case. and so Or longer if you want it to be, right? Home. Right. Yeah. Or longer if you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and how do you take advantage of that and making it your home? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having a community really makes that. It makes a difference, a community here yes. in the country, but yep, also yep, yep. one that can relate to your struggles, right? So true. And I think, yeah. like, the biggest thing as well is I was talking to some of, one of my colleagues, he's a British, six year old British guy. He's like that, you know, you have to be more kind to yourself. And that's probably the biggest thing of anyone if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking about uh, teaching or just living abroad in general, whether you're teaching or just, you know, moving to another country, is giving yourself time to adjust mm-hmm. like saying mm-hmm. hey it's okay if i mess up that's gonna happen because this is all new i'm yeah. my mind is literally trying to adjust to everything that is new and therefore it is uncomfortable and now you're trying to find comfort in the uncomfortable 
which is his own process that can only take time. It can't happen in a day, a week, whatever. And like, honestly, that's why like I, you know, I decided to do this podcast because, you know, do something productive with my time when I feel like I don't have to do myself. But also, you know, it's good to like talk about, like you said, with other people that are going through through it and also people back home that, you know, that just like, you know, might add a, a perspective that you might not even think about, even though they're not living it with you. You know, they know you as well. Right. So I think that's that's another thing of just, you know, being kind to yourself and literally like even though they said it right, literally taking it a day at a time. Like I'm yeah. not going to get ahead of myself because at the end of the day, I have no reference point here. Right. Mm-hmm. So what, what what's the point of you could you could do all the planning, but you literally have no reference point yeah. of like, oh, it's usually going to go like this or no. It's like you don't. Yeah. You literally have no, <laughs> no freaking no. clue. So you might as well take it a day at a time so that way you're not losing your mind and, you know, you're yes. you're able to, when you have a bad day, you're able to, I guess, regroup a lot faster because you're taking mm-hmm. a day at a time versus like, great, now my whole week is ruined or my whole month or I, I, I need to leave, you know? Yeah. So I think that's definitely the biggest thing um, with living abroad. I think there's the other added, you know, the wrinkle, right, being a person of color, hence, you know, why I started this podcast. I think, right. you know, we we... We notice these uh, microaggressions and just these little things. And for me, I'm in even more, uh, not more weird, but in a weird situation, given that I can pass for Costa Rica. People have just told me like, yeah, you look Costa Rican. But the moment right. I speak Spanish, they know for a fact I'm not from here, <laughs> right. you know, and there's certain things that I don't, that I don't, don't know culturally or even just, you know, in the language, you know, because it's different dialects. So there's different words I don't know. I'm like, perdón, like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> So right. it's little things there. And I'm at the end of the day, I'm still American. You know, like I'm from the U.S. I'm born and raised in New mm-hmm. York. That is a part, a, a big part of who I am. So I think yeah. th- those are the things that people notice about you and whether mm-hmm. the way you look, right, plays a huge factor right. as well, but also mm-hmm. just how you are culturally and in relation to your coworkers and your colleagues who you're probably going to spend the most time with. And that's, right. <laughs> and that's where it gets like for me, I don't know, for you, I get a little bit like anxious about that. Like, oh my God, like I like, you know, they're cool, but like, damn, I wish there was like more people like me that look like me or, you know, instead of like, you know, expats or just, you know, or just like black people. Like I, you know, I'm like, right. I kind of just miss that diversity in that sense, right? That, mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily have here, but yeah. I'm sure like, you know, as we're anywhere else, you got to go find those things, right? It's just a little bit harder, but you got to go find it. Right. You got to find your community and your tribe. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, Ikuma. Um, yeah. I'm so happy that you at what, what time is it now over there? Nine oh one. Nine oh one. Literally eight hour difference with Costa Rica. Literally <laughs> an entire day, basically. Like as my day just started, yeah. your day is like towards the end. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I definitely appreciate you being on in Living Color abroad. First guest ever. How does it feel? <laughs> uh, um. Hey, say something good. Don't be like it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, it feels good. I think. Uh, <laughs> It's definitely different than blogging, right? Yeah. Um, and also, full disclosure, I've never done this before. So if whoever's listening, if you, if I have one listener or two listeners, if you have any feedback for like, hey, you know, this and that, like definitely like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna, be, well, I don't even know how I'm going to post this, honestly. What you said? Yeah. I said be truthful because, yeah, you should talk about the eyebrow story because that, that wasn't right. Eyebrow story? Um, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like how your your community didn't tell you that those eyebrows weren't it, but <laughs> I think uh, definitely doing a podcast about teaching abroad um, from different perspectives because mm. I think that's something we noticed right at the fair that it was yeah. very um, very white mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. Um, 
a, a little there are some Asians that were there but yeah. I think they they were going towards Asian countries yeah it was um, speckled it was like speckled of people of color with like predominantly yeah, white yeah. yeah so trying to break that stereotype right mm-hmm. um, of going to countries where they expect the teachers to be white and yeah. showing them that no there there are other teachers too yep, yep that yep. come from the states and are just as well educated exactly um so changing that that um narrative i think is very important yeah. but um yeah i think this yeah. was this was good mm-hmm. don't need a journal down these thoughts anymore i know now, um, now i'll send it to you now you know <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That'll be my journal. Um, but yeah, keep it up. Even yeah. if there's just like two listeners. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's my goal, right? It's like I think this is just good for like whoever finds this interesting, you know, to listen to. Like, hey, like I've thought about teaching abroad, or I wonder was I like, just a living abroad, a live abroad, right? As you know, mm-hmm. in general, just as a person of color, and like how that's different because I, I'm. It is different. Like regardless of where you yeah. go, it is different. Being the fact mm-hmm. that you know, all the principals like I work from a K to twelve school. All the principals are white. All of them. Yeah. Not one of them is from, they're all from the States too. So, and the teachers are either local or expats. And if they're expats, 98% of them are white. So, you yeah. know, but it's a good mix. I would say the one thing is there's a good mix of local teachers, at least in like early mm-hmm. in the elementary level, middle school level, com- yeah. and uh, expats. However, though, the all the expats there, and I think what I've realized is there's definitely the clicks, right? Of the locals, and we can talk about that in uh, another podcast. I think it'll be a good discussion of what it's like for the clicks as far as like expats and locals, right, at a school or yeah. whatever. Because I think that's definitely a thing. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but Ikuma, thank you so much again, and we'll definitely keep, you'll definitely be a returner on this show because oh, hopefully you. you were you were very pleasant to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, I thought of something else. Okay. Just want to put out there. Uh, that there are allies, so not every white person. Oh, oh no, people. yes, please. Let, let me just. No. <laughs> I don't want this to be like an anti anti like white right. people kind. It's a pro no. people of color thing. This is what this is about, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. giving people a chance, right? So even yes. if it's an ignorant comment, like "Oh my god, like your hair," you know, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being open with, hey, they may have never met a black person before, mm-hmm, or a brown mm-hmm, person mm-hmm, before, mm-hmm. Or an Asian person before, and so you're the first. So be the first good experience yep, that they have. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and then you just use Very your true. BS meter, and you just know who you can really kiki with and who you can't. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's real. That's very real. But yeah, but um, and yeah, just to, again to disclose that, like this is not anti-white because I will have I have a I have a friend of mine who is white, but it's told abroad, and he, I'm definitely gonna have him on the show because I think all perspectives are important to see, like you know, what's you, how was your experience, and how that compares, you know, to your experience or my experience, you know. I think that's uh that's very a vital piece of um information that's always needed. But yeah, thank you, Kuma, and have a good one. Thank you. You too. Have a good first day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ikuma, uh, who's living in Germany from the States, expat. Um, I definitely did. It's very uh, speaks to her often as well. Yeah, and this is uh, just full disclosure, my first ever podcast, first time ever editing for a podcast. So excuse my editing skills if it wasn't up to par, what you expect, you know, I'm learning here. But I definitely do um, accept and welcome all constructive criticism, feedback, in order for me to get better. If you have any tips or things I could look online to get better, I would definitely appreciate that as I want to 
do this consistently and just have fun with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next week, I'll have someone else on the show. Don't know from where yet, so stay tuned. To In Living Color Abroad. Peace out.